Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. That's right, we are back. I was surprised you didn't lead with welcome back. Maybe a little welcome back, Cotter music? No, I haven't done that, but just to, to catch everybody up. I was going to say, are we going to peel back the mystery of why we disappeared for six months? Yeah, I, I was going to share that. Okay. So for those of you who don't follow us directly on Facebook, as you may recall or may not recall that, you know, previously we used to record from the shores of Lake Erie, the <laughs> banks of the Cuyahoga River. That's not currently on fire. That's not currently on fire, but does have a history of being so polluted that it has caught fire more than once. Right. The home of the Factory of Sadness. Yes. And... And the not quite winning the uh, World Series Indians? Yeah. Okay. We have since relocated. To the number one sports market in the United States. According to somebody, Sean Bratches. Okay, <laughs> somebody. The shores of Lake Michigan, the banks of a river that was so polluted, people could walk across it, and it reversed direction. And it was pretty gross. Well, yeah. So they reversed direction to clean it out. Make somebody else's make the pollution somebody else's problem. That is the answer to everything. Make it somebody else's problem. Yes. Um, and the home of Da Bears. Da Bears. That's right. We have picked up everything. Including this podcast. And relocated to the Chicago area. We're not in Chicago. We're in the greater Chicagoland area. Yes. For our listeners that are familiar, <laughs> we'll understand that apparently Chicagoland goes from Philadelphia to, oh, I'd say about Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Well, that's if you're going by Trisha Geography. <laughs> it is huge. It's the largest geographic area that claims to be part of one city ever. So while we were gone, of course, things have happened in Formula One. Things? Quite a bit has happened. We had, for, for starters, um, we had the loss of Charlie Whiting and the loss of Nicky Lauda. Yes, both we, very sad. We had... Ferrari light the world on fire in winter testing and then completely and totally Fizzle. fall apart. Fizzle. <clears throat> to the point that uh, Matteo Bonato... Bonato? No, Bonato. He, he's come forward and said that maybe they got this concept wrong with this year's car. They're in a rebuilding year. Clearly. Yeah, it, I don't think we are quite to mathematical improbability that they could win anything, but we're darn close, and it's like nine races in. Uh, well, you, no, I don't think we're at nine. I think we're at six off nah. the top. I, I, you know, I, no, I we, think we're at nine. We, we could have counted this, but <laughs> the, the reality is every single race that has happened so far this season has been won by a Mercedes. With Lewis Hamilton, no, we got to be at seven, because Lewis Hamilton, the stat that I just read, Lewis Hamilton has won five of those races. And I think Valtteri won three. Okay, so maybe we're at eight. Yeah. We we could have counted. Uh, it yeah. wouldn't be our show if we had prepared for it. But hang on, 
we've been gone for approximately <clears throat> seven months. I did count that. Okay. And we just said that there's a lot of news going on, correct? Mm-hmm. Are we planning on taking everyone to the Wayback Machine of December and going through every news story for the last seven months? Or do we just expect people to have caught up on their own? We expect that folks, for the most part, would have caught up on their own. We will also, we'll have next week, because as a reminder, the Bloke and the Bird Show Fantasy GP League is going on, and the results are, for some of us, staggeringly different than previous years. And we Phil, will, I'm coming for you. Eventually. <laughs> slowly. Like we a turtle. Will ha- we will start having those results next week. We don't have them yet this week. You know, we're still trying to get things set up. Oh. We're in a rebuilding year. Face <laughs> it. You're still unpacking podcast cables. Yeah. It, I, I think I found the last one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to get your audio clips unpacked. I don't think you found all of those yet. Gotten close. Yes. Um, You know, one of the other big changes that has happened for us, if you noticed in our intro, there's one less voice. Well, not because he's gone. Not because he's gone, but it it was no longer accurate for us to have Robert McGinnis introduce himself and the show as the driver of the Yunkos Pro Mazda car because he got a promotion. Yes. He got a promotion. He's now running in Indy Lights for the Andretti team. Yes. And at the Indy Car Weekend. Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis Weekend. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Words. Still unpacking all my words. Um, he got a pole position, and he's won a race this season. He has so far. Yes. We're very proud of our favorite driver in now the Indy Lights series. But because he got a promotion, we we had to take him out. We, well, we, we didn't hope. take him out. That sounds he had, awful. He had, he had to come out of the intro. We're, we're, we are hoping that we will be able to get him back in the intro. But since he's not driving for Yunkos anymore. Yes. Well, we'll have to reach out to him and his family, and I'm sure that they will record a new intro for us. And the other thing to mention, and we can't let it go, if we're talking about IndyCar and, and Indy Lights and all of that stuff, the that has occurred since we've been gone, the absolute and complete humiliation that was the McLaren and Fernando Alonso attempt to run the Indianapolis 500 this year. Oh, my word. There is no other way to describe that fiasco than humiliation. I think it is entirely possible that the bloke and the bird could have fielded a team better than they fielded their team. Which is kind of scary considering who was running that team. Exactly. I mean, yes, we have knocked Bob Fernley in the past, but Bob Fernley's got some skills here. He ought to know what he's doing. You know, the the fact that they, they... couldn't make sure that they had the steering wheel ordered in time or that the car was geared to go fast enough to qualify or that it was painted the right color well yeah and the fact that they focused more on getting it painted the right color than getting the steering wheel yeah Alas, I don't think Alonzo is getting his triple crown. No, he's not. However, what did happen this weekend um, was 
the Le Mans, uh, his final Le Mans, uh, where he once again won with his team and captured the championship. Okay, but isn't his team like the only team that's competitive in their class? Well, th- there's more than one car. Right. Uh, his car won. Okay, but still, <laughs> my point is, that we're not talking about the Le Mans years when there were like three top teams competing for for the the crown when it, when it was Porsche and Audi and embarrassing and, and oh yeah there Toyota was running too yeah <laughs> and the also ran was Toyota yeah yeah that was what I meant all right so we've let's see we are back in rare form we have moved <laughs> we're already dissing Fernando Alonso and we have worn the loss of Charlie Whiting and Nikki Lauda we are on a roll so now we're going after. Um, Sean Bratches. Sean Bratches and Formula One in general? Yes. So, last weekend, we were very, very excited when we realized that this was happening. We changed our plans. We changed plans to do this because otherwise we were going to go look at dishwashers. So, So it's still hand-washing dishes for you. We changed our plans. We were going to go look at dishwashers, and instead we found out that Formula One was holding F1 Fan Fest Chicago last weekend. And we live in the greater Chicago area, so <laughs> we it was a match made in Score! And, um, you know, they promised, and, and we knew going into it that given what we, I mean, this was Montreal weekend, mm-hmm. we knew that the odds of a current Formula One driver making an appearance was zero. No. no. But they promised in their previews Formula One drivers. Known Formula One drivers. Yeah. Um, there was no one. The, clearly not a Formula One driver was out there. Yeah. That was who was driving the cars. That was his name, right? Not a Formula One driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was the official title they gave the guy. Yeah. Or guys, I should say. It was more than there was more than one. So, w- what Formula One did um, is um, they set up an event outside of Soldier Field the same weekend as about eighteen other festivals going on in Chicago, which meant that it was an absolute nightmare to get over to Soldier Field. But yes, not Formula One's fault that part. Um, <clears throat> Nor was it Formula One's fault that the parking attendants yelled at you. No, that was the parking attendant's fault. Yeah. Or that she stood in the middle of the road and told you, it screamed at you that you weren't moving forward to run over her. Yeah, there, there was that too. <laughs> Chicago. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Logic goes right out the window. So outside of Soldier Field, and, and it was the, the east side of Soldier Field, the road that ran behind it, they blocked that off to make that a makeshift test track or racetrack. It wasn't really a racetrack, but... They called it their track. There were people waving flags and all. There, there were. She was standing in front of us. I, I remember her. She was all kind of serious, like she knew what she was doing. And somebody came over when and asked her. When she wasn't playing on her cell phone. Well, we're ignoring that part. <laughs> somebody came over and asked her about one of the flags, and she tried to explain the colors of the flags. Really? She did. Like she knew what she was doing. Wow. Yep. But it was a, it was a curved street with some... But it had two spots at the end that they could do donuts mm-hmm. at the ends. Um, we weren't in the donut section. 
Nobody was in the donut section. Well, they did block that off with really high barricades so that nobody could actually see the donuts. Well, there, there, there was that. So what they set up in this area besides the track, there was a bandstand because mm-hmm. there was... Live music, like three bands were coming. Yeah, there were three bands there that we'd never heard of because we're, we're the not The only hip. one I actually remember the name of is Judah and the Lions. Yes, Judah and the Lions was there. Somebody was wearing a shirt from them. Yeah. Possibly a member of the band. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, you know, we probably say that and like 14 people on our podcast are going, I love Judah and the Lions. You How idiots. do they not know who they are? <laughs> They're awesome. I have no idea who they are. But we live under a rock outside yep. of Chicago. Well, what do you expect? Um, they set up really big TV displays so that the gathered crowd could watch qualifying, which mm-hmm. was cool. There was a really, really big Heineken bar. Yeah. Um, with a really, really small stand next to it that was serving the non-alcoholic Heineken. It was like a cart. Oh, my. There were three girls working at it, but there was, it was a little push cart. I think there were more girls working that cart than there were people working the really big Heineken bar. That's sad. Um there were there was a booth for F1 in schools um, that people were at, but we have no idea what, what the program was or anything because nobody would talk to us. Right. Um, there were pictures of, of the current drivers. On boxes. On boxes, yes. Um, there was a booth that allowed you to do a, a, an F1 simulator of some sort. With a two-hour wait to stand in line to do it. Yep. There was a photo booth. With a two-hour wait to stand in line to do it. There was a pit lane challenge simulator where you could tire, change the tires. With a two-hour wait to stand in line to do it. But you know what didn't have a two-hour wait? I know. The Formula One merchandise tent. There you go. And you, the problem, though, with that was there was no line for it because there was no merchandise. Because Formula One set up a tent and then lost all the inventory for the tent. So nobody could buy any cool Formula One merchandise at the one opportunity that they had to do so in Chicago. Oh, yes. Now, they also had a series of very large screens. I mentioned those. To watch the qualifying. And they had an announcer to tell us what was going on. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he was the MC for our event. He wasn't like a play-by-play or a call announcer mm-hmm. or anything like that. So let's, let's be clear. He, he, he was to warm up the crowd and get them excited for everything that was going to be, in theory, going on. Well, there was so much happening, he kept telling us, but we couldn't find it. We couldn't it. find it. Um, now, somebody should have thought about pulling him aside and telling him how to pronounce you know some of the more complicated names or not complicated names like maybe the name of the track that well, they were running at? before he got to the track he he was you know ramping up how previous weeks you know we'd seen all of this action and how the fighting had been and telling us how great the driving was of valetieri botus I don't think he even got Botas right. It was weird. And, and Charles Clark. 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 Charles Clark. Clark. Um, there was somebody else he butchered, too. Amazingly I, enough, it was not Kimi Raikkonen. No, it was not. He did get Lewis Hamilton correct. He got that right. Um, 
And I remember very distinctly, and this was a con- bone of contention, I hated the way he said Vettel. You have heard other people refer to him as a Vettel, so therefore um, you yeah. did not take offense. Yeah, you know, offense. if you watch the, the Sky coverage or, you know, in, in the States, that's what we get now in the U.S., and you hear Martin Brundle, he has been known on more than one occasion to call Seb Sebastian Vettel. So I'm not sure it's the correct pronunciation, but he's done it. But basically, almost none of the drivers were pronounced correctly. And then he told us how exciting the action was going to be at this week's race at the at Montreal's circuit, Giles Villanueva. <laughs> Villanueva was my favorite mispronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Dude. You know, the, the other driver that he messed up, it was like, I, I, it, it was that, that he gave it the wrong kind of accent. Oh. It was like Italian and he pronounced it, it was French or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But, th- I mean, the truth of the matter is, this is the guy who is representing Formula One to the masses that have gathered here, which at that point, the masses hadn't shown up yet. Right, so it they wasn't... Did, they did get there. It wasn't horribly humiliating that we could not pronounce Valtteri's name, but the masses were starting to assemble. And then we got to watch qualifying. And that actually, for the most part, was a good experience. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, and the crowd continued to grow as qualifying ramped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and... This was a. They had managed to attract a crowd of very serious Formula One fans. Oh, serious fans! I mean, the the shirts that were on display. You know, we thought me and my Manor Racing shirt was the most ironic one there. And then you sat down next to somebody wearing a Lotus shirt. There was guys wearing Ferrari shirts from the early nineties. Um, I think there was a McLaren shirt from the eighties, and then there were a couple of current McLaren shirts. Would that kind of blew me away too there were mclaren shirts from the honda era i know i mean the recent honda era but that was the cool thing about it was there were some amazing shirts of all different Mm ilks and eras um and some hardcore fans i mean it was really quite cool to see the community come out because quite frankly the publicity for this was a facebook page and a single post on the f1 site well i had heard that there actually had been some advertising for the event in Milwaukee. Interesting. I don't know what kind of advertising, but one of the comments that I had seen as we were following the thread around the event had mentioned that, that they came down specifically because of advertising they saw up in Milwaukee. Wow, I bet they were disappointed. Uh, there were a lot of people disappointed. Okay, so the qualifying was fun. I mean, it was it was a big watch party. Yes. I mean... That part was really cool. It was actually kind of cool to not feel like you're an island watching something that nobody's ever heard of. Um, and the crowd reacting mm-hmm. and being, I mean, to, to some extent, you, you, you get that when you're actually at a race. I mean, we, we've seen that when we were down at Mid-Ohio and something would happen and the crowd reacts. So the crowd reacting to Magnuson's crash or to... Um, Hamilton throwing down a fast lap or something like that was very cool. And the entire, whether you were a Sebastian Vettel fan or not, 
the entire place erupted in cheers for Sebastian Vettel and his pole lap. It, it really did. Uh, what was also cool is at the end of every you know qualifying session, there were cheers. I mean, yeah. there were claps and and people were excited, and that was fun. And then our MC got back involved again, and declared that we were going to get to see some hot laps from not Formula One drivers. Well, they brought cars. They 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 really they brought a couple a a couple of Formula One cars. So one of the cars that was being used to promote the event in in the videos that they had done online was the Sauber C30, mm-hmm. which was their 2011 car. But it wasn't in Sauber markings. It was in special F1 Chicago markings. And so you wouldn't recognize it. And, and it, it was bizarre because when, when we saw the car, we were confused by it mm-hmm. because it had the high nose of the early generation cars. It had the, th- and, and the fact that we can recognize this kind of stuff now kind of blows me away because in 2012 we were clueless. But it had that high nose. It had the tall rear wing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's not a current generation car, but it has a halo. But it had the halo, yeah. That it was, was weird. weird. Now, they had done, as part of the promotion for this, they had had um, the car, they did it like an advertisement with the car driving through the streets of Chicago mm-hmm. and pulling into and onto Soldier Field. And hopping out of it, theoretically, was one of the Bears players. Yeah, the, the quarterback, Derek Trubitsky. Okay, I... Poor Paul. I don't know. Um, he said his name like 18 times. Uh, I, I could have probably said that while I was there. I Remember, it, it was one of the highlights was, ooh, Derek Travitsky is going to go ride as a passenger in this Lamborghini. Whoopie-doo. Oh, yeah. He got to pick his car. Yeah, whoopie-doo. Um, I think we left by that point. We were walking out at that point. Um, anyway, but and it was a cool commercial. I will say that. It was really quite cool, the commercial that yeah. they did. Um, so that was one of the cars. They had an old Terrell. There, there was a, was it? Yeah, no, it wasn't a Terrell. Um, now I have lost it because I knew what it was. Um, but there were all of three Formula One cars there. Right. There was the Sauber. There was a Minardi, and and now I've lost a white car. It wasn't a Terrell, but it was the last year that they had run. But it started with a T. I don't recall now. Okay. I had it because I knew it yesterday when I was telling the boy that we saw it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to go but with... But that's, that's how striking it was. It was the last year for this team. It was the last car that they had ever made. It was the first car they brought out, and it didn't complete a full lap because not a Formula One driver kept stalling it. Um. Yeah. Which was the same thing that happened to the Minardi, mm-hmm. and the same thing that happened to the Sauber. Uh huh. Um, and so to and the same thing that happened to the two-seater Formula One car that was there as well, with which had you know somebody riding in that passenger seat as they kept stalling it. So to pass the time, they had three little spare supercars. They had a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, and a McLaren. McLaren. And that they kept running around. Slowly, because, you know... It's not that big. It's, it, it wasn't a big area. And those cars and the tow truck 
was out more than the Formula One cars. And the hero of the day was the tow truck. Yeah, the, the reality was the tow truck got big cheers every time it came out because it was a running joke. And this is one of the things that I really have to apparently point out to Sean Bratches, who was there to tell us how great it was and how exciting this was and then ran away. (laughs) But I need to remind Sean Bratches that supercars, while kind of cool to look at, are not Formula One cars. So I I want to explain something that I think is the biggest picture of this. When they started running the cars, on both sides of the street, they were at least five deep at the rails all the way the length of those rails yep at least five deep i don't think we got the third car out before we were three deep at the rails and then it just kept dispersing from there within 45 minutes you could walk up to a rail and watch this Mm -hmm. but there was you know one of the things that we joked about you know, th- this kind of reminded of us of is qualifying back in 2016 when they changed it all around. And, and I'll, I'll throw in a clip here from from Sky of the recap of that. Remember that qualifying that only yeah. happened one time? Those that have come to cheer on their heroes can't see them and there's nothing to, to cheer on. Got to change. Don't like it. Not acceptable. It needs putting in the skip. Then you're qualifying. Walmart is pretty rubbish. Well, I think firstly we should apologise to the to the fans and the, the viewers because that's not what qualifying you know should be. The crescendo was the bloke getting out of the car. Right, yeah. And the irony is he could have actually waved his own second flag. Yeah. He was on pole position. Do you remember that crazy qualifying idea they had back in 2016 that only lasted one race? We we just we sat there watching an empty road mm-hmm. for a good chunk of it, and occasionally a supercar would go by more than occasionally a tow truck would go by and occasionally a formula one car would go by an old formula one car would go by yeah what we spent the entire drive back talking about was all of the missed opportunities well the reality is when we walked in and now the, the the one thing that i do actually have to give formula one some props for was the fact that it was free admission. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. And honestly, I would have been really annoyed if I paid not only the $35 to the Soldier Field parking crooks, but then to pay an admission on top to get this. I would have really been annoyed. But it was free admission from, from the start. But within 10 minutes of us walking in and looking around, we looked at each other and we said, this feels like an event that's half-baked. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes in. So the things that we thought that they had missed on, there was no representation from any team whatsoever. Not fully true. Oh. Remember, Red Bull had the music truck. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the only – it wasn't like there were folks – there were no handouts. There was – there weren't even promoting really um, the U.S. Grand Prix. Right. There was an occasional video that ran, I think, maybe twice the whole time that we were there. And no, actually, it was only once for the U.S. Grand Prix. That's it. 
That's the one U.S. race, and they weren't promoting it. There was nobody giving anything out other than that little card for um, not Racer magazine, Some Rev magazine. magazine, which I think we had talked about it before. It's kind of a cool. It's a, it's an artsy magazine. It's not something we're really going to read, but that was all that there was. Yeah. But yeah, none of the teams were. There, there were no booths or anything like that for the for the teams. It was just this one. Uh, converted it was a converted fire truck um, that was playing music that had Red Bull markings on it yeah that was it um, so they missed that opportunity they had no celeb of any sort mm-hmm. I, I mean Sean I, your eyebrows preceded you but that's it um, but by the way still- I will say this we were 25 feet away from Sean Bratches his eyebrows could be seen all the way across the street. Yeah, but from 25 feet away, you were out of range of them. I was out of range, <laughs> but I could see them. It was very apparent that the eyebrows were <laughs> standing up. I mean, I was glad to see that there was some representation, at least from Formula One management. But, yeah, you you, you couldn't get... Mario Andretti? He goes anywhere. Write him a check. He'll show up. He doesn't care. I know. Um, The Facebook page that they had put up to promote this thing became an absolute ground zero for people that were at the event going, what were you thinking? Oh, yeah. They're some of the best comments. Um, One of my favorites was that you promoted this as a family-friendly event. And the one truck that had soda at it ran out. Oh, there were two food trucks. There were. There were two food food trucks, and there was a push cart um, that was selling food, and they couldn't keep up with the volume of food. All right. So that should tell you, like, how many people were there. It wasn't, like, 25 of my closest friends. You know, I I think they were probably somewhere between 2,500 and and 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. Easily at at its peak around qualifying, there was probably that much within an hour of the the joke of the cars running around. There was a lot less there. Now, see what we don't know because we don't know we didn't know the bands. What we don't know is if there was another surge <laughs> that happened. Like maybe Judah and Alliance is a big deal. And yeah. There was a surge to come see them, but that's a surge to see them, not an F1 event. Right. Um, so that was, it was, it was sad. It was just really sad. And, you know, Sean Bratches came out, and, and that's where Trisha got her stat from in, in the beginning. Sean Bratches came out, and, and he made a point of saying that Chicago is the number one sports market in the u.s and and to be honest with you i'm i'm not quite sh- quite sure i believe that i think it's definitely top two mm-hmm. but i'm not sure i believe that it's the top sports venue in the u.s but if that's and and, and admitted that it, it, it's wrong for formula one to ignore such a big sports venue as chicago he, and he was 100% right there. But this is not how you acknowledge it. No. No. So, now that we've beaten up on Formula One Fan Fest, 
Chicago. And we've announced where we've been all this time. Well, you know, the, the other thing that, I'll, that I think is so telling about this event is that on our way back, the one que- there was a question that you asked me, and you actually asked me it more than once, that you have never, ever, ever asked me as we have left any kind of event. You looked at me on more than one occasion on that drive back and said, do you, re- do you regret going to this? <laughs> well, considering our other option was to go look at dishwashers, I was very concerned <laughs> that you would have preferred dishwashers. <laughs> um, and that says a lot. <laughs> I mean, dishwashers aren't that exciting. <laughs> but we need a dishwasher, so there's that. Um, all right, we've dished Formula One Fan Fest. We have announced where we have been for these months. What can our fan base that stuck with us, that subscribed and have been waiting for and have got this nice Easter egg surprise in their podcast lineup, what can they start to expect going forward? Um, the, the, the same lack of preparation <laughs> and general random opinionating about formula one and anything else that comes our way you know we, we were talking we are really back aren't we? <laughs> we we were talking last as we were i think no it was as we were headed out to ohio last week we had to make an our, our last run to ohio and we're listening to five live and they've the last two races with five live with jenny gow and Jolian Palmer and um, that group there, they, they have been very prone to wandering off the rails really hard <laughs> to levels that really compared to what we used to do. So we are back to take the mantle <laughs> the from family. Jenny Gowan company so that they can get their show back on track. <laughs> We're doing this, this is the service that we provide. We're doing this for you, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) And on that bombshell, we should probably close the show. Okay. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is there is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. <laughs> a little break? Okay.